All right, so if you've been paying attention to politics at all, you'll know that conservatives, right-wingers, Republicans, whatever you want to call them, throw a lot of curveballs in the culture war. In fact, it's almost nothing but curveballs that they toss out. You know, lies, uh, half-truths, total inversions of reality, that kind of stuff. So today we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, including pickup trucks, gas stoves, windmills, litter boxes, woke Xbox, fentanyl-laced Halloween candy, etc. So I saw again a question on Quora. Why do conservatives slash U.S. Republicans always drive trucks? And I rolled my eyes more than I laughed at it this time because I've seen that question numerous times. It pops up in my Quora question suggestion feed. And, you know, I, I didn't really find it as funny this time. Of course, such a question is almost impossible to answer seriously. It's like asking, why do liberals slash U.S. Democrats drive luxury cars? That being said, some actually have looked at what sort of vehicles those considered liberal or conservative drive, and it turns out conservatives do not only drive pickup trucks. So here is a quote from uh, one article uh, for Forbes Wheels that I found. It says, Democrats outnumber Republicans in the sedan segment, and they are more likely to drive hybrids or EVs, that is, electric vehicles. This is according to Alexander Edwards, president of Strategic Vision. That's what he told Forbes Wheels. So he continued, Republicans lead in the trucks, luxury, sporty, and family vehicle categories. So it's important to keep in mind that when when this guy or when somebody else says they lead, that doesn't mean that literally everybody who drives one of those vehicles is this way or that way. You can find Democrats who drive pickup trucks, you know. I've probably met some of them myself. They're not quite a myth like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Um, but anyway... So there is, actually is something to this question, but we are dealing with averages at best and stereotypes at worst. More to the point, I think it's not impossible to find some who call themselves liberal or whatever who drive pickup trucks or even SUVs. They probably exist out there. I think it's more important to assess what, liberal, what labels like liberal and conservative mean. <laughs> so... Obviously, liberals believe they are more progressive than conservatives, but what does that mean? Well, a Pew Research study came up with some categories for conservatives, such as faith and flag conservatives, who are intensely conservative in all realms. They are far, far more likely than all other typo typology groups to say government policies should support religious values, and that compromise in politics is just selling out on what you believe in. I'm sure some of these people are well-meaning, but the result of some right-wing policies will absolutely ruin some people's lives. So in reality, some of the well-meaning aspects of their views basically have no impact on reality as perception is not reality. As the saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. In implementation, even good ideas can have some negative consequences, 
even if not immediately perceived. What does have an impact is which policies are implemented and how, and some of the policies happening now are absurd beyond belief, and most of the extremist policies are coming from the Republican side of that cursed aisle. The Republican Party is now going after teachers and librarians, anyone in the LGBT community, and anyone who thinks we should do something about environmental problems, treating them as if they have mental problems if they're environmentally conscious or whatever. As I noted on Facebook, regarding those Republicans whining about places looking into regulating or banning certain stoves, keep in mind some Republicans have been trying to restrict green energy implementation. How is it totalitarian when some regulate industries but not others? In some cases, it comes down to who is getting fossil fuel industry money. That's how. I paired those comments with a link to an article titled Republicans Push Anti-Wind Bills in Several States as Renewables Grow Increasingly Popular. One bill, called the Military Base Protection Act, actually, and this is a quote, argues that wind farms pose a national security risk and uses Department of Defense maps to essentially outlaw wind farms built on land within 100 miles of the state's coast. And the bill tellingly received support from fellow state senators Norman Sanderson, a Republican, and Paul Newton, also Republican, the latter of whom was previously an employee of Duke Energy, one of the country's largest utilities. So, go Duke. Yeah, we need to crush the alternative sources of energy. Yay. But again, in the mind of many conservatives, somehow regulating or banning gas stoves is sinister, yet preventing windmills is not. Figure that one out. You know, what, what, is, what exactly would be the justification for this uh, contradiction here? Well, that's assuming the average conservative even puts any thought into it, which seems unlikely. If they did, then the outrage over over-regulating stoves, or even looking into it, would be exposed as flimsy at best due to such blatant double standards. Then there is the flimsy outrage by Fox News conservatives because Xbox is launching an energy-saving idle shutoff function, which someone I know from Facebook remarked, damn woke Xbox, trying to save me money on my electric bill. And then he posted an uh, angry face emoji <laughs> to go with that comment. So yeah, they're, they're mad because Xbox is launching a feature that will save people energy. It'll shut the Xbox off if it's left idle for too long. You know, not really that uncommon a feature. You know, your uh, your laptop has one of those, for example, probably. Um, I don't mind shuts off after like seven minutes. It's definitely not something that's really the end of the world or anything like that. But you know, oh, it, it's a major ordeal for some people, I guess. To me, a lot of this stuff shows an obvious rift between perception and reality, and the believers in certain lies or half-truths are guided by the flawed premise that right-wing propagandists are all experts, and that everything they say must be golden, 
Otherwise, why would they be successful? Why would they have these careers, you know, either on air for a news network or, of course, if they're social media stars, you know, they, they must have some real validity. They must have something to say. However, it bears repeating, perception is not in and of itself reality. University of Virginia psychologist Dennis Prophet and Drake Baer said, it's common sense to believe we experience the world as it objectively is, even though our naive intuitions are what we see, or that we see the world as it is, we do not. So, yeah, we, we definitely do not. Just, be, just because we perceive something, it doesn't mean it's like a legitimate fact, all right? So, in truth, neither right nor left adequately represents reality. Really, the rift between perception and reality is part of what's causing so much controversy and commotion. Somewhere, maybe buried deep in the subconscious, some quacks know they are wrong or have incomplete information, or they're just being deceitful, but they don't want to admit it and feel like clowns, so they double down convince themselves their unearned confidence makes them no better than real experts, and any incomplete information is just part of the grand conspiracy, which gets grander and more convoluted all the time. You know, if you if you don't know all of the details, yet you act like an expert anyway, you can always just say, well, it's not my stupidity that explains why I don't know all the facts. It's somebody's out there hiding uh, all of these details from us. And it just adds a nefarious character to what might actually just be one person's ignorance of the facts. While we're busy fighting each other over bogus personalities and false perceptions, the world is falling apart. And a lot of it absolutely seems like a divide-and-conquer game. And like those powerful interests implementing the most divisive talking points, Courtesy of corporate media and corporate interest-dominated internet culture, while they are drawing disproportionate gain, of course. If they weren't, they wouldn't be doing it. So in writing this, I bothered to look up some quotes about the whole divide-and-conquer thing, and I found this one from someone named Susie Cassum. She said, When two brothers are busy fighting, an evil man can easily attack and rob their poor mother. Mankind should always stay united, standing shoulder to shoulder, so evil can never cheat and divide them. So that sounds like a noble enough quote. Now, okay, the word evil there might sound a bit dramatic, possibly even needlessly biblical in character. Still, I think there is something very much like evil wrapped up in outrage over an Xbox feature that's not only a minor issue, but actually on the right side of the issue. Same thing with with uh, the discrepancy between the, you know, banning windmills versus banning gas stoves and that whole reaction. Um, you know, it's there's something evil about just saying, oh, we can't have windmills. You know, there there's a lot of disinformation about that. Of course, a lot of that was famously noted by or uh, exemplified by Donald Trump. You know, the windmill cancer thing. So one reporter had this to say on gas stoves. As a climate reporter, I was well aware of the 
growing concern about the gas stoves in people's homes leaking dangerous pollutants like methane, a potent greenhouse gas and explosive, explosive hazard, nitrogen dioxide, which worsens asthma, and benzene, which causes cancer. She went on to note that there is also a risk of explosion with gas leaks and how she herself had dealt with the issue firsthand, which some might dismiss as anecdotal, yet we've probably all read about gas leaks in the news, if not known someone who dealt with that problem in their own home or their housing complex. Maybe maybe it happened to you yourself, you know? You know that there is something dangerous about gas stoves, objectively. We objectively know there are indeed some dangerous aspects to owning a gas stove, all right? So why act as if regulating or replacing them is inherently some evil totalitarian ask? Arguably doing nothing to address them as an issue is just as bad. Or do we have no standards anymore and we can't call into question things that people commonly experience? You know, I mean, what's so great about a gas stove anyway? And here's the thing, the whole explosive potential thing is actually a reason unto itself to at least debate and discuss the cost-benefit aspects of gas stoves, right? If all regulations and discussion of regulation is overreach, then maybe we shouldn't regulate cars for safety, trucks, or any other commercially available things we buy. And hey, isn't the danger of buying a faulty product part of what makes life more exciting? It's a gamble. It's it's fun. Might there be a shriveled, tiny baby mouse carcass in that box of cornflakes? You never know what you get. Free prize inside. Free prize inside. Yay. You know, I mean, that's that's what it could all really boil down to if we truly go down this road and take um, the argument that all regulation is bad seriously. And here's the thing, like, even if you're sort of an anarchist and you and you're like me and you believe in democratizing the workplace, well, you would still have something like regulation because you would have, you know, certain rules, codes of conduct that all the uh, workers would agree on. So even if you're even if you're believing in radically changing society, well, you would still most likely want rules unless, you know, (laughs) unless you truly want anything goes to be the uh, way of the land. Well, the attempted wave of deregulation actually breaks down rather fast if we consider all the ramifications of just leaving everything alone to run its course naturally. And keep in mind, these folks crying foul about regulation are the same goofballs who want to rigidly regulate teachers to the point where they cannot even mention the existence of gay people in schools, and who want to tell women they cannot have abortions under any circumstances or even move out of the state to procure them, and who supported a president who claims that windmills cause cancer, which doesn't appear to be all that true anyway, but on top of that, if fossil fuels or gas stoves cause cancer, it's somehow magically not a problem for Trump and his supporters, you know? So you've got these weird double standards that end up cropping up. And you cannot even really logically address them um, without actually insulting the people who have these views. 
because the views themselves are just so ridiculous that you really have to almost train yourself to not insult practically every aspect of these people's arguments along the way. I don't know if I really have that discipline or that that level of patience. They're not anti-regulation, though. They only want to regulate things for absurd reasons, and they'll absolutely lie in the process. For example, Candace Owens lied to smear transgender people by claiming the Uvalde shooter down in Texas was trans. Well, that shooter was not. And she never really walked back those comments or apologized for uh, being wrong. In fact, it seemed to embolden her that she was wrong and actually got a little pushback. You know, she was having that persecution complex. You know, that's another aspect of this. So they lied about kitty litter boxes being a common sight in schools as well, because supposedly those liberal indoctrination center schools were convincing students to become furries. While I have yet to see a conservative demonstrate a single case of this happening, they don't have litter boxes in schools for actual cats en masse, let alone for people who think they are cats. And of course, you know, furries do exist, but a lot of them, they don't need to even dress in those costumes like all the time. So, yeah. Then you have the great claim that fentanyl would wind up in a bunch of kids' Halloween candy, which prompted me to joke that I hope they at least share some of that fentanyl-laced Halloween candy with their adults, you know? Sharing is caring after all. And on that note, imagine getting both fentanyl and razor blade lace candy. Now that would be Halloween to remember. So at this point, the Republicans are straight up functioning like a lie factory, even getting into straight up manufacturing of fresh urban legends, often tying it all into QAnon style racist and homophobic memes. And even though it's serious, what big liars they are. I also can't help but laugh at the heaping layers of absurdity being piled on top of each other. So here in Michigan, near my local Applebee's, there was a sign saying Michigan's abortion legalization ballot initiative would lead to doctors forcibly sterilizing kids without parents' permission. As seriously deranged as, as that claim was, I couldn't help but laugh at the image of mad mustache-twirling doctors running around Michigan cities and towns, presumably kidnapping kids, going, Bwahaha! I'm going to do surgery on your genitals, child, and there's nothing your parents can do about it. And did I mention Bwahaha? Well, here's another Bwahaha again. Now get into my mobile surgical vehicle and I'll show you what gender you really are. Bwahaha! It isn't happening, folks. It, it just isn't happening. But the deranged Republican politicians are doing their very best to create a bunch of deranged Republican voters who will actually, who will actually believe that's happening. And probably at the behest of George Soros or maybe even Joe Biden himself, the spooky Joe Biden. Ah. <laughs> Astonishingly to some, I've never identified myself as a Democrat and I've never bragged about being a part of the Joe Biden vision for America or anything like that. 
In fact, Joe Biden's vision for America seems blurry at best. A lot of it seems to be more of the same, with a few okay changes added here and there. And no, I'm not dumb enough to blame Joe Biden or any other single person or any president for all of the global inflation happening right now. But the point is I'm not in Joe Biden's pocket. In fact, despite being on the left and even liking some anarchist philosophers like Kropotkin, I probably wouldn't be labeled, you know, highly progressive in every single imaginable way. Um, I'm just not absolutely on the same page as uh, any and all leftists out there, all right? But I am informed enough to know that the Democratic Socialists of America are not quite the Democratic Party, and I know that not all regulations are bad, and also that lying has become far too mainstream. And I would really like to get to a place where we can just talk about issues honestly, and where reasoned nuance isn't outnumbered and overwhelmed by constant flurries of lies. So can we get to that point? I don't know, but the terror in our national fabric is big enough to drive a pickup truck through.